Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 212 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. This one, uh, this one's a bit of a quickie-ish. Quickie-ish, a, a longie, if you will. Uh, me and this guest had an absolute riot chatting and sharing stories and even like live looking things up in Google because they were extremely important to the conversation. So before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to let you know that I launched a new podcast just yesterday. It is the Print Design Podcast. If you have followed this show for a little while or even for a little bit, um, you will know that I love print, really love print. And I wanted to create a full separate podcast where we could do a deep dive into print and graphic design for print. And from the angle of stories, stories from graphic designers who have been in the print game for a while and can share what's involved, all the behind the scenes decisions, how color and paper choices were made, what they produced, what it cost to produce, potential you know, ROI, some return on that expense to, uh, to produce that print piece and, and just showcase a number of different ways that print can be used. So we launched yesterday and man, I'm really excited about uh, bringing that print podcast to life. It's been a labor of love. There's three dynamite interviews up there for you and we got new episodes coming every single week as well as bonus episodes where we are interviewing print industry experts like guys from Mohawk Paper, guys from um, you know design agencies who have stories to share, not really about print projects, but how print can be used and ideas around print, all kinds of cool things like that. So if you want to check that out, head over to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, and look for the Print Design Podcast or you could always go over to Print Design Academy on Instagram. That's at printdesign underscore academy. And uh, just all the links are there and you can check that out. If you want to learn more about print, that is the place to go anyways. Print Design Academy. And along with the launch of the Print Design Podcast, I am doing a free three-part print training video series over at printdesignacademy.com. So if you are interested in print and print design and just want to get started, how to get started, we've got a free three-part video series. Head over to printdesignacademy.com to sign up for that. So today's guest, today's guest is Francisco Reyes Jr., also known as Nevermade. Really, the guy just like doesn't even need much of an introduction. Y'all know who Nevermade is. The guy is super talented and just a genuine guy. I loved chatting with him. Super honest stories and uh, tons of fun. So I'll, I'll tease a little bit, but I don't want to give it all away. We talk about how Microsoft Paint was his gateway drug. That was the gateway to creative for him. Talk about being born in Compton. And that was like gang culture time. And how he managed to avoid that and stick to the straight and narrow, you could say. We then talk about the CD cover that he saw and has just stuck with him since. And I'll give you a little bit of a preview. <clears throat> red, red wine. That's not, not as good as it could be, but <clears throat> I'm just feeling a bit hoarse today. I'm usually better than that. We also talk about the designers and artists that he looks up to and why. We talk about the struggle that he faced trying to find a job after graduating and what he learned from that period of time. He then tells us about his first meeting with Shepherd Ferry. And um, yeah, I know I'm not going to tell you any more about that. He tells us about it. It's good. We then get into the two projects that he was a part of that he is the most proud of. One was a collab that he did with Shepard Ferry that he sort of like jokingly threw out there and all of a sudden it turned into something and he went kind of a, what, what? And then the other one is his first mural. You never forget your first. We then talk about uh, drawing dinosaurs and right in the end, he gives us probably the most unique ask it forward question I've ever heard. And I'm curious to hear what you think about his ask it forward question. I'm curious to hear your answer. 
Okay, this episode is long. I have talked long enough. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Francisco Reyes Jr., also known as Nevermade. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Francisco, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you, sir? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. I'm going to guess that uh, it is just a beautiful, bright, sunny day, calm breeze, birds in the air. That's pretty much what you're experiencing down there in California, right? Yeah, dude. LBC. <laughs> awesome. Well, up here in Vancouver, clearly there's just there's there's igloos outside. Um, <laughs> we were dog sledding earlier this morning. Wow. <laughs> is it yeah. really snowing up there no absolutely not oh. oh okay i was like wait a minute no i'm just full of shit and filling all the stereotypes yeah right that's why i was like oh dang <laughs> he's checking off all my mark on my my uh my stereotype box uh check boxes for sure well i have to do that eh yeah right Perfect. i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> awesome well francisco are you ready for a quickie uh, yeah, let's do it. Happy days, brother. Let's start with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name is Francisco Reyes Jr. Um, I'm a graphic designer and artist based out of Los Angeles. I was actually born and raised in Los Angeles, which is kind of rare these days. A lot, there's a lot of transplants out here. But uh, yeah, I've been doing my thing for – I started designing one in like 2001, um, but professionally, I guess I would say I've been doing it for about 10 years, but in total, I got about, I don't know, almost 20 years of, uh, working as, as a graphic, de- not working as a graphic designer, but, you know, honing my craft that's including like when I started in high school and then college and then post-college and then. When I actually started my career. So you would put like air quotes around. You've been like designing quote professionally since 2001. No. No. Uh, designing since 2001, 2000. But professionally I would say since 2010. You're probably like 12 years old then. <laughs> I'm 35 <laughs> so I started, started in a... Uh, like ninth grade, I started uh, dabbling with uh, Microsoft Paint, and that kind of uh, was like the genesis of of my interest in uh, wanting to pursue a career in uh, graphic design. That Microsoft Paint, always the gateway drug. Yeah, right. I used to, I used to um, like recreate all my favorite skateboard logos on there. I actually did my very first logo on on paint okay please tell me you still have it <laughs> i do uh i actually i just did a i did a my first public speaking uh like in november out in san diego for yeah. uh for crop cons nice and um yeah i was terrified because i've never spoken publicly <laughs> but yeah. uh but yeah, I showed it and people were just like, dude, I can't believe you still have that. Uh, but it's just like a crappy JPEG. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I had started a clothing line called Affix, A or Affix, A-F-F-I-X. Yeah. I made a logo and I, I made iron-on shirts and like gave them to some of my homies and stuff. And and yeah, the funny thing is like now there's actually there's a, a real brand named Affix out there. Send, send them the logo, man. Just send it. Yeah, right. Send him a season desist, but yo, <laughs> I've had this since like that was my thing in year in in the year two thousand. <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> we've been chatting a little bit about uh, you know back in the day, but I want to kick this way back. 
And I want to ask you about your childhood, man. What was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career path? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I was, I was born in Compton, California, uh, which has a pretty, uh, a bad rep in pop culture and like hip hop and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I grew up there. Uh, I was always drawing as a kid. I remember like, you know, I, uh, I was really into just like doodling stuff and really wanted to, to, uh, you know, draw like, draw stuff from like movie cover, uh, VHS covers and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I would say that I very starting at a very young age that I did, um, I did have that creative, um, that creative, you know, bone in me that, that, Luckily, I kept I kept going, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, Compton in the '90s was kind of gnarly. Uh, luckily, mm-hmm. my mom, my parents, uh, they kind of sheltered us from that stuff. Like we knew it was happening, but mm-hmm. like you know, it was just like be inside by the time the the street light comes on, and you know, just stay away from gangs because for you know an immigrant, a child of immigrant parents you know it was easy it would have been easy for us to to just to join a gang because they were so you know prevalent back then and they were just mm-hmm. like in hood. so my mom just made sure to you know keep us entertained with you know movies and you know we had cable and you know and just uh you know just keep us occupied inside the house as much as possible. Like, well, she would let us go outside, but, you know, it, we knew that it was kind of, it was like a, stuff. yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was like every Friday was, was go to the, v, the, the video store and rent a couple of VHSs and order some pizza and, you know, just stay in all weekend or yeah. go out to the movies and stuff. Um, but yeah, she, uh, it was pretty cool that she did that for us. Like, she like you know not knowing she really instilled like this crazy like pop culture like uh um i don't know what word to use but just like that pop culture uh culture (laughs) yeah yeah the pop culture culture (laughs) yeah pop culture culture in us um which is really cool and it just like really you know helps spark our imaginations and stuff me and my brother and my sister, I'm, I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. You were around this sort of pop culture and you stand out of that like gang lifestyle that was around at the time. Did you have any like relatives that were working in that graphic design field or an advertising no. field that showed you what that was all about? Or when did that like switch get flipped and become a real thing for you? Um, yeah, not at all. My parents are just, uh, just regular like blue collar, uh, just working class people, you mm-hmm. know, um, there was, there was no real, uh, there was no, there wasn't a, a person that, 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 that I looked up to, like in my family was just like, Oh, I want to do that. It's just something that, that I, I kind of, I just knew I wanted to do art basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, once, once I got into high school and stuff, I discovered that, uh, it was called graphic design and I was like oh okay well that's that's the profession you know and then I started taking like all like the computer classes uh, in high school like I was taking I took like illustrator I took flash I took uh, first of all I took all like the fine art classes and mm-hmm. then I start, started taking all the the uh, the computer classes and then I had this teacher named mr dang Holmes or something like that Mm -hmm. and he uh he was like my my 3d animation teacher and my illustrator teacher and he was really cool he's he was he's probably like the person that I would say like that kind of was like you know the the person that was that showed me like that it's an actual profession. It's an actual job that you could do, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and he, and I would do like these funny illustrations and illustrator and, you know, he'd be like, Oh dude, we should print this on like, 
uh, photo, like photo paper. So it's nice and glossy. It looks professional. It's just like now <laughs> when you think about that, it's just like, oh my God, like it's like the worst type of paper you want to print anything on, you know? <laughs> um, but it was just like, I don't know if he worked in the industry or he if he was just a teacher, but it was cool. Like he was really like supportive and was just like, "Oh, that's a cool, that's a cool little logo." Like, yeah, let's. I have a bunch of photo paper at home. I'll bring it in and I'll bring my color printer and we'll work on it. And yeah, that, he was pretty much the person. But yeah, my parents, my parents, my my um, dad's side, they were pretty artistically inclined. Like they could draw and stuff, mm-hmm. and that was kind of inspiring for us. But um. But yeah, it was just something that me, my brother, and my sister all kind of just naturally like picked up. Um, and then um, the same the same goes for like music. Me and my brother became musicians like in our teenage years and stuff. Nice. And um, you know, we didn't have anybody in our family that was a musician. We just like we saw these things and we liked them, and we were just like yo, we want to get into that. And our parents were so cool and supportive that they were just like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, my dad bought like a crappy little drum set for my brother. Well, first they bought him a crappy little guitar and then they got him a drum set. Mm-hmm. And then he started, he left the guitar alone and uh, and then he started hitting the drums. And I was like, well, I'll pick up the guitar then. And um, well, yeah, I thought you were so, going to say you were lead vocals. No, uh, I actually was a singer in one of my bands. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a ska band. Nice. Okay, what is your? Uh, are you gonna throw down some lyrics here for me? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> they were they, a lot of the songs were in Spanish too, so you probably wouldn't get, understand anyway. Uh, tu como manzanas? <laughs> you like apples? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's all Duolingo's taught me so far. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's funny. Okay, so um, sorry, getting back on track here. My bad. Um, no worries, Francisco. What stands out to you, sort of, in this in your early days of your career, as maybe the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since. Um. Hmm. Okay, so when I was a kid, my mom, my mom like used to clean houses, and she was a nanny. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I used to go out and and help her help her clean like these rich people's houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember like there there was this really big house that she would clean, and there they had a like a whole like entertainment system, and they had a, like a rack of CDs and and a huge stereo system, and she would just like she would play the music on there while she was cleaning and um and i would just be dusting off like little things and stuff helping her out here and there yeah. but they had this uh U- ub40s um cd okay and for some reason that cover just stuck with me for so long it was very graphic it's um let me let me pull it up on google sorry i want to know what the yeah. the album is called ub40 because I really loved that song Red Red Wine when I was a kid. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, the the record is Labor of Love, um, and it's just like this super graphic, like, um, really cool album cover. I don't even know. I never actually looked up who did it, but looking at it now, it's just like crap. This is kind of something that I would do now. You know, <laughs> it's just like all, it looks all. It's all like vectory. You know. What was the album called? Uh, Labor of Love by UB40. Labor of Love. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh, yeah. Right on. So you saw that. That just has just that, that stuck with you. That, yeah, that image was burned in my head for so long. And, um, but yeah, I guess I would say that, like, even at a, that, that young of an age, um, I was like, visually like uh like driven you know what i mean mm-hmm. so now every time you hear red red wine you just think i love i still love that song <laughs> i love you before you <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah um, so francisco i've had a number of guests on the show when i ask this next question mention you and never made um uh-huh. so i want to ask you then who are some designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow and what about them do you like 
Um, well, lately I've been really into Michael Reeder's work. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He does these oh. really cool, like, vectory, like, pattern stuff mixed with, like, uh, like actual, like, charcoal-looking painting stuff. Mm-hmm. He's dope. I, I, I've been... I've, been lucky enough to get to meet him and like get to know him and his stuff is really cool um and then there's this this french chick her name's malika Favre. Mm-hmm. um she's rad like her her the way she plays with light and vector is just crazy to me um so i look a lot i look at a lot of her stuff to kind of see how to how to play with uh with values but with a limited color palette, which is kind of like my thing, is uh, uh, just a very limited color palette. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? Uh, Para. I love Para's work. Um, the Land Boys are a, a big influence on me. Um, there's these Israeli dudes uh, called Broken Fingers. They're pretty sick. Uh, and then, like, the two, like, my two, like, main inspirations is obviously Shepard Ferry and and Cleon Peterson. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, like if you look at all the, all those all those artists they all kind of play in the similar realm um which is yeah it's just what I'm into. Definitely. No, I haven't heard of a couple of them so I'm going to check them out. Um yeah, the rad. one the one at Israel you said was Broken Fingers. Broken Fingers. G-A-Z. Yeah, they're sick. They're really cool. That's awesome. I'll check that out, man. Yeah. All right, Francisco, the next few questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share this with the listeners. After a few of those, we'll get into the happy stuff and we'll turn the bus around. Okay. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, it was like actually after I graduated uh, from design school, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't find a job, dude, like at all. Like I tried so hard. And um, yeah, the lesson I learned from that was that I didn't do any internships while while I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really hindered my, my, uh, you know, it was like a lack of experience. Like I have a bachelor's degree in graphic design, but I had no experience, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I would say that and cause it, and it, it took me a while. Like it took me like three, I was unemployed for like three years. I was just working like odd jobs and, just trying so hard to like get by. Um, Mm -hmm. I was selling off like a bunch of my, at that, at that point, um, I was kind of done playing music also. And so I was selling off a bunch of my guitars and all my gear and, and stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess the lesson would be that I would give anybody is to get out there and intern and actually try to get out there and, um, network with you know with people i mean there was there wasn't instagram or social media then i mean Mm -hmm. there was social media but it wasn't like like as like community based as i see instagram is now like everybody kind of knows like who who is who you know Mm -hmm. um before it was just like you had to have a sick website and you had to somehow be on like these really hip blogs like design blogs and and stuff like that. Uh, but now I think, you know, Instagram really kind of leveled the playing field and anybody could get eyes on their work. Um, but yeah, that would be, that was a really hard time for me and I almost like gave up. I actually did give up on be, on graphic design for like a year. I didn't touch Photoshop, Illustrator, nothing. I was just like, I was like, I'm a trash person. I suck. I'm just going to work at the record store that I was working at for minimum wage for until I find something better that pays a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you graduate and you're out there struggling to to find something. And basically all you had was 
I'm going to assume like a portfolio of stuff you yeah, did just exactly. to, to create. Yep. Going out there hustling and trying to find a work, but you know, how many other people were doing that too? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was rough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, the lesson I learned from that was like, I should have interned and I should have networked a little more than I was. So I want to, you know, I want to carefully say this, and I don't know how to describe it really, but like re- rejection can be a good thing. And uh-huh. I want to I ask you then, like, is there any specific no that you got during those three years that was either like majorly crushing or, you know, uplifting in a weird way? And why? Uh, any major no's? Um... No, not that I could think of, because like I wouldn't even get that far. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like constant to be stream honest, of just like no, like I, no yeah, response. I was just sending email after email and resume after resume, and then I kind of just gave up for a while, mm-hmm. and then um, and then yeah, I just kind of took it upon myself to like to get re inspired, and you know, I really got back into graphic design really heavily. I started a I started, you know, getting on all, like just surfing the net and getting on all these cool design blogs and just getting all this inspiration and just really kind of just giving myself assignments and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and trying out all these different techniques that I didn't learn in school, you know. Um, and, yeah, it kind of really invigorated myself and – and uh and started having a lot of fun with it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I started making like personal work and, um, but yeah, there was no real hard nose. I guess like for me, it was just more of, uh, giving myself a kick in the butt and just really, you know, stop feeling sorry for myself and really try to make it happen because, you know, I had nothing else to fall back on because, music was supposed to be my plan A. Um, and I went to college for graphic design as my plan B, mm-hmm. but plan A wasn't really working out. So I guess that would, that was like, like a metaphoric no, where it was just like, all right, dude, like plan A didn't work. You have this backup plan to be a graphic designer. Let's, let's, let's hit the, let's, let's hit it hard and try to get somewhere with this. So then I made a, a second portfolio with a lot of, the new stuff that I was working on, um, which eventually led to me getting uh, an internship to, that led to the job that I have now, but we could probably get into that later. Yeah, for sure. I want to just unpack that 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 um, that moment for a second here, because you had said that you know you're you're busting ass for three years trying to get into the design field that's not working. You basically gave up. Mm-hmm. But what what was the the thought or the moment or the thing that turned that thought around to say no? I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to double down on this. Um, like I had always been a, sh- a fan of Shepard's work, mm-hmm. um, but when I f- when I I started mimicking his work, and it just like. And I figured it out, sort of, you know, and I was like, oh, I was like, this is, I think this is how he does it. And then I just started nerding out super hard on all his stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was like the, like the, you know, what really invigorated me. Um, I used to watch like all his interviews, like on YouTube and whatever I could find, whatever I could consume that he had out there. I was like, I was such a Shepherd fanboy. Like, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like I think that like his work and just really trying and experimenting with his style, uh, was really invigorating for me to just like, okay, I really want to do this. And I really, you know, one day would love to work for this dude. Okay. I think I got this now. So you're, you're about to give up. You're still sort of messing around a little bit and it's like with art and and drawing and, and design and just working on the side sort of just mimicking that work 
something clicked, mm-hmm. something clicked. Yeah. And all of a yeah. sudden you were re-energized and just ready to kick ass with it. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Okay, awesome. All right, man. Francisco, I want to dive a little bit deeper now into a project. I want to get a little bit more specific. Can you take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? Maybe it was like a boardroom, like nosedive, whatever that is. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Um, something that didn't go as planned. Um, yeah, like didn't, design didn't wise, go well. Right? Design didn't wise, well. maybe that you thought the client was going to be just lit up with it, and they saw it and were like, "What the hell is this?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what, what was that thing that just didn't uh, go well or didn't go as uh, you know bring the desired result? Huh. I mean, you know, at work, uh, we've had a couple clients that are just like the uh, quintessential uh, nightmare client, you know, clients Mm -hmm. that they're those clients that don't know what they want until they see what they don't want. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. They need to go through 40 rounds of no's before. Yeah. They have so an idea. there's been, there's been a couple of clients like that, that, um, that is just like, we're just spinning our wheels on this stuff. And they're just like, Nope, that's not really it. That's not really it. That's not really it. And then it's just like, after all these rounds at the end, they're just like, you know what? We're just, we're just going to like cut our losses and, and uh, and just move on and find somebody else. And it's just like, you know, when it when that happens, it's really disheartening because you're just like, damn, like, do we suck or like what is going on? But it's okay. like, you know, you later find out, you figure out with experience and time that there's people out there that just don't know what they want. Or sometimes there's a client that's got so many cooks in the kitchen that it's just like, come on, guys, like get it together. Like. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it has to be ran up this flagpole with so many people and everybody has an opinion and they give you all this feedback and it's just like, oh my God. I know this is a very generalized, uh, common problem with graphic designers and working at agencies, but um, yeah, I don't have any one specific job. There's just been a couple of those where it's just like, you know, kind of just makes you question your, your skills and... Totally. and yourself you know no, but totally. then but then you realize that it's not you it's them yeah just something whether it was a style mismatch or or something um but it also goes back to maybe they just didn't have a clear vision on what they were trying yeah. to accomplish exactly and that's the worst that's that and that's why i said it's just like uh yeah like that's not really what we're looking for. We're like, all right, then let's use this as a jump off point. What can we do from here to, to, to make it better? They're just like, well, just make it a little bit more. They'll use like words like make it a little more edgy and a little more clean or blah, 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 grungy. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, you do that stuff and then they see it. They're just like, no, nah, that's not it either. And it's just like, that's why I said, like, it's like those people that don't know what they want until they see what they don't want. <laughs> Yeah. No, I totally know what you're saying. And it's that, you know, that's where communication is so important. But even with that, you're not going to always hit it, right? And it isn't always going to work out. Yeah. So Francisco, what is something you are struggling with in your design career right now? Um, right now, I'm actually like on a, pretty good stride right now like this quarantine like at first I was just like just like damn this is gonna suck but then I don't know you know like I I said this before in different interviews like you know how like in a Super Mario Brothers when you get a mushroom and you level up it's kind of like you just feel that like I'm kind of in one of those moments right now uh where I'm just like I don't know why, but I'm just like super inspired and I'm just like creating, constantly creating stuff. And that's partly because this year, my goal for this year was that I wanted to create like a new body of work and make paintings of them and have a an art show. Um, 
at the end of the year sometime. Mm-hmm. But with this Corona thing, I don't know if that's going to happen because Maybe everything's a di- getting a digital postponed. Art show. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm, yeah, I've been getting hit up for stuff like that where people are like, "Hey, do you want to submit for this digital gallery?" And I'm just like. I sure, I guess, you know, like I'll send you a JPEG of this piece. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. As soon as you're uh, talking like a JPEG, you can just feel it deflating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the, I guess the biggest thing I would say right now, and it's not really like design wise, it's more on the business side of mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, my never made is also sort of is also like a t-shirt brand that happened accidentally but we had um you know some we're in some major major accounts like zoomies and urban outfitters and stuff so Mm -hmm. we had uh we had some po's that that got canceled and some po's that were potentially going to get canceled because like all the factories all the print shops stopped printing Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're like they're just like hey sorry like we can't get this stuff out in time but it was just like those POs came in right before the COVID-19 hit and then they had it and then they were just like sorry we're not printing right now and we're just like crap but so I guess I would say that but that's more on, on like a business side of things no that's good too that's the, that's the kind of stuff we want to hear man there's no specific just uh what are you struggling with that's all yeah, yeah, it's, it is, and it's like, but luckily, Urban Outfitters, um, they, uh, they, they kept the POs open, and they're just like, okay, yeah, we're just gonna postpone the stuff that we ordered from you guys, and uh, you know, we'll get it at a later date. So that's actually, luckily, some one of the print shops that we printed at is is printing right now, so mm-hmm. we're we're able to fulfill that that purchase order which is cool and also like trying to grow like uh the direct to consumer uh um consumer <laughs> that's that's kind of been a challenge cuz you know with all this happening it's kind of like retail has been kind of on the on the downhill for a while mm-hmm. um and even with this it's just kind of even more so accelerated it. Yeah, so it's just like, okay, like how do we we can't we can't depend on these purchase orders from these big box stores so much because because it's something like this. So we're really trying hard to to get you know a good direct to consumer base. So you know we we could cut out the middleman and just sell everything through NeverMade.com. Nice. No, I like that idea. Yeah. And that's definitely a struggle a lot of people are going through right now. Um, you know, POs just up in lingo that you know our, our, their business survives on that kind of stuff, right? And exactly. A lot of people exactly. are in tough spots with it. Yeah. All right, man. So I want to turn this bus around now. And I want you to tell us about it. Actually, you know what? I just thought of something. Before I get into that, I want to ask you about the first time that you met Shepard. Because... You told us earlier that, you know, seeing that work and mimicking that work really reignited your passion for design and Mm -hmm. consuming content and interviews and all of that around him. Tell me about the first time you met him after all that. Yeah. um, You know, actually going back, it was that what really kind of also as part of the same story that invigorated me was when uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop came out. Um, that yeah. Banksy documentary with that Shepson and yeah. Mr. Brainwash and all that, that was super like inspiring for me too. Um, and, uh, but yeah, when I first met Shep, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> I met him on the first day of my internship that, uh, that on my first day interning for him is the first time I met him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had always wanted to meet him, and uh, I would try to go to his art shows, but, dude, those lines used to be, and they still are, freaking so long. And I yeah. was just like, nah, dude, like, I'm straight. Like, I'm not going to wait in that. So I never really got to meet him out in public or anything. Um, and, yeah, like, my first, the first time I met him was my first day, uh, my internship working 
for him. <laughs> okay, so setting the scene here, you're nervously sitting at the desk, and all of a sudden he just walks through and goes, morning, Dude. morning, everybody, morning, morning, morning. It's like yes. the boss walking through the shop, and you're like, oh, my God, he's right yeah, there. Dude. It took me so long to get used to that. It was, like, <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> like, uh, like, I'd be sitting at my desk, and I'd hear him walk in, and he'd uh, – um, He'd come into the design room where all the designers sit, and he'd just be like, "What's up, guys? How's it going?" Blah blah blah. Just kind of shoot the. Uh, can we cuss on this? Oh, you said like not too much, but it kind of just comes in and like shoots the shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and just like, and I was just like, "Oh my god, dude!" Like he's like standing right there, and I, I was, I was always so nervous around him. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was, it was actually quite embarrassing. Now, like he's just like. Like I spent forty hours with him a week, and it's just like he walks in, and I'm just like, "What up?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Shep, I'm working here. Can you just give me some space, yeah. bro? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And like, I we kind of just we bust each other's balls, and it's it's really cool to actually be friends with him now. Mm-hmm. That's cool, which man. I never thought I'd be. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I just wanted to hear a little bit about that first moment. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So now I'm going to turn this around, and I want you to tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. Uh, there's a couple, man. Um, does it have to be one? No, no, you can go to. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Let me check well, with the, the boss. The I'll allow one, it. The main one for sure was when I did a, my collab print with Shepherd Fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just like... I'm actually getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. Uh, uh, yeah, just my my the collab that I did with him um, was such a such a milestone for me. You know, it was just like, dang, like I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's like it really like getting the internship with him and and then that turning into the job was a dream come true in itself. But then, like, you know, after working with him for so long and getting a, like, being, like, getting to know him, I was, like, one day I was, just, like, uh, I kind of just said it jokingly. I was, like, hey, we should do a collab print one day. He was just, like, yeah, man. He was, like, you've been here long enough. Like, you're part of the fam now. Like, you know? And I was, like, oh, dope. So then I started kind <laughs> He of, didn't expect him to say yes. Oh, shit. Yeah, he said yes. Oh, exactly. God. Exactly. <laughs> So I was like, oh, shit, he said, yeah. I was like, all right. So then, you know, I could have either just been like, yeah, he probably just saying yes, so like shut me up or and just like not do anything about it. But I was just like, all right, dude, I'm going to start putting together some ideas and then we'll see if if you if you like them and then we'll go from there. He's like, yeah, that's cool. And it took like a year because, like, I would do stuff, and he was like, eh, nah, not really. That's not really it. Then I'd do something else. He's like, nah, not really. That's not it. And how about this? He's like, that's cool, but mm, I don't know. And then so then I did the image of, like, uh, the businessman on fire with the skull head. And he likes business. He likes people in suits, which because mm-hmm. it's, like, corporate shit. Yeah. And then he likes skulls and flames. So I did that. <laughs> everything that's like yeah. the classic everything design thing. Well, I love yeah. red. I love dogs. Exactly. I love <laughs> put it all yeah. in one. <laughs> exactly. And then he was like, he's like, oh, that's cool. And then um, it was kind of it was a commentary on on President Trump, um, and uh, each print had a different tagline. It was. Uh, um, you know, the, the figure was supposed to symbolize President Trump, um, a politician, um, and it said, uh, it said deceit and destruction. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was, it, I asked, I, it was supposed to be a diptych, right? I'll look it up. Sorry. Uh, okay. just a little more, um, a little more thorough, uh, Shepherd Fairy. Yeah, so one was uh, deception and disorder, destruction and denial, and disinformation and chaos and deceit and disorder. I think I already said that. Either way, either way you get the point. Um, 
but yeah, it was like originally I wanted to do two that just flip flopped and they kind of sat next to each other. I was like, what do you think about doing a diptych? He's like, yeah, that's cool. And then he came back to me and he was just like, yo, we should make it a pair of four. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. He's like, cause I came up with some different taglines too. And I was like, all right. And so, yeah, it's, uh, so it was destruction and denial, deception and disorder, uh, disinformation and chaos. I can't find the fourth one. But yeah, so one collab print turned into a diptych, which turned into like a, a set of four, which is pretty awesome. That's wicked. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> looking, just looking at the pictures right now, like, could you, how, could you have even thought that up? That you'd be, you know, doing a collab with Shepard way back then? No. Never. And the, the the fact that it happened was just like, oh, crap. Like, this is huge. I did a whole little video on it, too. It's on my website if, like, any of you listeners uh, want to check it out. Um, but uh, you know what's funny, though? Um, that that's that, There's a story on this about uh, that's kind of like – that was like a nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. We sent it to print. And there was a typo in one of them. Oh, no. We had got it already, and we had photographed it, and nobody caught it. Nobody caught it. And then, like, until the day that it went for sale, we put it on Instagram, and you put it on the website. Somebody was like, uh, hey, you guys misspelled uh, a certain word. I forget what word. And we're just like, oh, crap. And so we took it down right away, and then he called the the lady that we print through, and he was like, I need you to put this on the press ASAP, and, like, well, I'll send you the, the corrected file. <laughs> but oh, no. that was a fire drill that was, oh, man. Like, I was... Yeah, I that, was, that's like... I a, was so embarrassed. That's a dynamite story where it's like it was... <laughs> you know, it goes through this like major high of putting this thing together and all the work that goes into creating that. And all yes. of a sudden you realize like after it's produced, Hey, you got a typo yes. in that one. Oh, oh, oh dude. I was so <laughs> scared. Like I was like, dude, he's going to kill me. But in my defense, like, yeah, it was, it was my typo, but he didn't catch it. The printer didn't catch it. Like his PR person didn't catch it. Like nobody caught it. It went through so many eyes got on it and nobody caught it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. That's how that stuff works, man. In print. Yeah. Like it really, until it's actually printed, some stuff you just don't see. Really, yeah. It's just the way the eyes play. So I have, a, I have a stack of those sitting in one of my flat files with the, the, um, with the typo? The, the typo. <laughs> Dude, those yeah. got to be worth like way more now. <laughs> I know, right? He was like, he's like, what do you want to do with those? Because we split the production costs, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was like, he's like, do you want to just split them? Like, I take half, you take half? And I was like, yeah. I was like, what are you going to do with them? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I'll just keep them for something later. You know, he usually just like rips some of that stuff up and uses it, uses it as collage paper in some of his paintings. So mm-hmm. it's just like extra material for him. Um, but yeah, they're just sitting in my flat file, just chilling, wrapped up in, in some craft paper. <laughs> that's awesome. Man. Yeah. Okay. That's a great one. I'm going to uh, wrap it up here with the ask it forward question, Francisco. That is where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So the okay. questions that get asked on this part of the show range from, you know, what's your favorite pizza, all the way up to, like, deep, deep stuff. So this one is, uh, is you know, right around, right in the middle. It's a pretty good one. Okay. So my last guest with a question for you is Debbie Millman. She has been a designer for a long time, and she yeah. has also been running the Design Matters podcast for over 15 years now. Damn. So, Was it called the podcast like 15 years ago? <laughs> I don't know. I think it, it started as a radio show. So at some point, yeah. it transitioned to you know the yeah. podcast. But 
it's funny. I was telling my wife about that too, you know, that she'd been doing podcasting for 15 years. And my wife said, has podcasting even been around for that long? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, man, when I was like, I guess I would have been 15 years ago, I was 20. So I would have been. Uh, how old are you? 35. Ah, same. Just a couple of young bucks. Yeah. So Debbie's question for you is, what is your first memory of being creative? Um, hmm. uh, I have a first memory of what sparked creativity, but um, I don't know as far as like a, one singular moment that sparked me to be creative, but uh. Uh, when I was a kid, like I said uh, earlier, my parents used to take us to the video store on Friday, mm -hmm. and that was like movie and pizza night, because my mom was like, I'm not cooking tonight, and yeah. you guys are just going to chill and eat pizza and watch movies, but um, I used to, dude, I used to just look at like the cover art for those VHSs and just like, kind of just like drool over them and just like... I'd be like, dude, that this one is so cool. Like, this is gonna be a good movie because the art is so rad, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes it was, that was not the case, you know. <laughs> but uh, I was just very, uh, just like into visually into that uh, stuff, like especially like the Street Fighter Two cover, like with Blanca, like kind of hitting Chun Li. I think um, that was a big one for me. I like video games. They made movies that. No, but I'm talking about the video oh, game. You're talking about the but video yeah, they game did make movies. They did um, make Street Fighter with movies. The, with Jean-Claude Van Damme was actually, he played Guile. Um, but uh, but yeah, like we would rent video games also at the at the, at the the video store. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the the Street Fighter 2 cover that was just like, like that was like my holy grail of like art. I was just like, this art is so amazing. That's awesome. I have fond um, memories of like walking around um, blockbuster and then the local one that I had uh, near my house and yeah like the VHS cover that was on display or the video game cover that was the like, that was what decided whether you were going to get it or not yep exactly you exactly know. so I would say that like it was like that those things sparked creativity I don't remember the first time I was creative but those are definitely the things that sparked creativity for sure definitely now at that is that good enough a good enough answer <laughs> yeah yeah i think i'll allow it okay thanks <laughs> or even you know what just to sort of tie back into the question a little bit here what's the maybe not even your first time you were creative but what's the earliest memory you have of creativity was was there a certain thing that you would draw did you like um copy like big bubble letters or block letters and type like uh Oh, I do remember. I had this Jurassic Park backpack yes. that had uh, that had a, a raptor. No, what is the 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 dinosaur that that spreads like those like gill things and it's like a big oh, old fan? What is that? One? It's that black stuff. That's not a. I know which one you're talking about. That's not a Velociraptor. That's no. Um, it's not a raptor. Uh, it's something else. But okay, this is really important. Had, yeah. <laughs> I had um, had a backpack with that dinosaur on it, and I remember like I I remember so vividly sitting there like in my living room floor. I had it like sitting in front of me. I was like laying up, like laying on my stomach, and I was like drawing it. Yeah. And I thought it was like the cool. I drew it so well, and I was so hyped on it. <laughs> um, yes. That and you remember remember those folders that had. Um, those binders that had that plastic film that you could just decorate your folders with when you were a kid. Do you know what I'm talking about? What stuff? It had like a, it had like a slip, like a clear, like, like a uh, cellophane slip on the cover. Oh yeah. 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 Um, um, I used to, and I remember I was so proud of that drawing. Like I put it in, like I would carry it around school and like I would uh, in my backpack, but you know that was like my school binder. I'd had my drawing of that dinosaur um, on my folder because I was so proud of it. That's awesome. <laughs> and just to you know, wrap it up here with your um, 
with your answer here. The dinosaur name is a Dilophosaurus. Yes. The Dilophosaurus. I was so hyping that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I totally forgot about that dinosaur. Yeah, he spits that, that yeah. black. Yeah. Out of nowhere. He just like looks and then all of a sudden his neck like flares out and then spits yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I remember that scene. It's so sick. Crazy. <laughs> Francisco, what is the ask it forward question that you would like me to ask the next guest? Hmm. Let me think. Uh... Is it could be anything, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought of one last night, and I was like, "That's good." And I had it, but I didn't write it down. Um, what's a good question? Uh, sorry, I don't want to keep you for too long. No, no, it's all good. Um. And actually, while you're thinking of that, I, I just made a, like I had a note here. Back when we were talking about um, a designer project that you were proud to have been a part of, you said there was two, and you only told me about the Shepherd Fairy um, yeah. collab. The second one was my first mural that I did. Tell me uh, about that. Yeah, uh, I got hit up by Pow Wow, which is like a – a mural festival that does different murals and uh, does do does mural festivals in different cities around the world, and um, they asked me to do Palo Long Beach, <clears throat> and um, yeah, I was so stoked. But dude, I was so scared. I was like, because <laughs> I had I had done murals with Shepard before, mm -hmm. um, and I kind of like and I used his same technique. Um, but I'd never done it by myself, you know, it was just like, I was so stressed out about it, dude. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is crazy. So luckily, uh, my shepherds, uh, mural crew, they're really good friends of mine and coworkers also. So, um, I was just like, yo, can you guys please come out here and like hold my hand for a couple hours? Like just so I could feel like till I feel a hundred percent comfortable. And they were just like, they were talking so much crap to me. They were just like, yeah, you're, you're a little punk. Can't do it yourself. And blah, blah, blah. Like they're like <laughs> older brothers. So they were yeah. giving me so much crap for it. Yeah. Um, but they, they were cool enough to come out and kind of just hold my hand for the first couple hours. And I was just like, so it was me and my business partner and two of those guys. And I was like, Oh man, I was like, we got this. And then, uh, then yeah, it, we finished it, and it was just like a really proud moment. The crappy thing was that that mural didn't even last a year, so I hit a powwow, and I was like, "Yo, you didn't tell me my mural was gonna get taken down so fast. You gotta give me another one this year." And they were like, "We'll see if there's anything, you know." And then they did. They were just like, "We had saved this wall for Shepard, but he can't do it. So do you want it?" And I was like, "Oh." crap i was like those <laughs> massive walls dude i was like i was like i was like sure i was like yeah i was like what are the dimensions they're like it's a hundred feet wide by 20 feet tall and i was like oh my god what did i just get myself <laughs> into man i was so again like stressed out but i was just like you know f it like let's do it and yeah. Yeah, we got it done, and it was me, and my business partner, and a couple, couple other crew uh, guys. We got on the crew, and yeah, we knocked it out. And it took 24 hours total, not like consecutive. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was a very proud moment every time. And it's right off the freeway too. So once you're coming into Long Beach, like it's like this massive wall, and you just see it right there, front and center. It's pretty sick. That's awesome. So while you were painting it, did you like take selfies with the wall behind you and text them to Shepard? Be like, hey, bro, using your wall. Nah, he was, he was actually in like Australia at the time or something. Uh, yeah. He was he was out of, out of the country. Um, but actually, like that was actually there was a nightmare scenario with that, too. Going back to your other question, mm -hmm. um, I guess the wall 
before they they uh, before they prepped it with the base coat, they uh, that that wall had this weird like chalky stuff on it. So we started right. We had started the mural, and then the paint just started peeling off, like just oh, bubbling. And I'm just like, what is happening? And I was texting my uh, my buddy Dan, who's Shepard's like right hand man. Yeah. Um, and I was showing, and he he does all the murals with Shep. And I was like, dude, like I was like, look at this. He was just like, whoa. He was like, he was like, just stop. He's like, you're gonna be fighting that wall the whole time. Like, just tell them to come. They have to sandblast it and re redo the base coat, and then you have to start all over. And I was like, oh man. So they actually they were cool enough to do that. But I technically I missed the festival because the festival is like a week long where they have artists all around the city uh, painting murals. And um, I, mine was postponed for a week because they had to sandblast it and then repaint it. So I was just kind of like. I missed the whole kind of festival experience that time, but either way, it was cool. It was just something I'm super proud of for sure. Oh, crazy! Yeah, that's and insane. that's the crazy thing. Like that, I, that, that I've been really kind of fortunate. Like I've navigated the way I've navigated <clears throat> my career and my my personal art is like. I can operate in all like these different lanes and it's still like on brand for me. You know what I mean? Like I'm an artist and I sell uh, screen prints, right? That's like the main thing. Mm-hmm. And then, then the t-shirts, the merch, which got into retail. So I operate as a clothing brand also. Mm-hmm. And then I also can operate as like a muralist and do that sort of thing. So it's pretty cool. Like, and I've kind of, I, I kind of did that by design. Like when I first started, I was like, I don't want to be known as like a t-shirt brand. So I'm not doing t-shirts at all. I'm just selling art. And then eventually the t-shirts came in, in the form of an artist series with urban outfitters. And then that snowballed into them wanting to buy more t-shirts. And then we started to get into the the trade show circuit, like agenda and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's where we picked up zoomies and a bunch of other accounts. So yeah, it's like, it's a pretty cool, like never made to me as like an art, uh, an art project that is just multifaceted. I could do whatever I want now because I took my time and didn't rush into things, you know? Yeah. That's cool. It gives you that complete flexibility, you know, especially with exactly. weird times like this, you know, you can flex and mold and, and be mm-hmm. able to sell the products or create the products that, you know, are yeah. you know, adapt to market conditions, I guess is the words I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So Francisco, what is the ask it forward question you would like me to ask the next guest? So everybody you, you interview is a designer, right? Yes. Designer or illustrator. Um, you know, I stick with those two categories. Okay. Cause I have, <clears throat> You, I'll let you pick. One is kind of a design question, and one is just like a off the cuff question. Okay. The first question is, uh, do you remember Quark, and what is your first memory of Quark? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and the other one is, is a hot dog a sandwich or? Uh, is is a hot dog considered a sandwich? Oh, dude, hands down, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about like the the random questions, like the funny, quirky personality questions. Yeah, and totally. So now I have to ask you: Is a hot dog a sandwich? It is. It's a it's a piece of meat between uh, two pieces of bread. It's like. But wait a second, wait so, a second. There's a whole lot of gray area here. Now that I'm thinking about this. It's a deli this, meat. It's a deli. A hot dog is basically a deli meat in a bun. So what's a sandwich with like salami and and pastrami? All that stuff starts off as a sausage that gets sliced into, into thin pieces that makes it like ham okay. or whatever. See, I was thinking like, no, it's a beast in its own because it's not in between two buns. It's it's nestled into a bun. 
<laughs> but then true. I think to myself, right? It's not between. There's not. There's not two separate pieces. But then when you go to Subway and you order a sandwich, they don't cut that in half. Exactly. It's nestled. It's also. nestled. Also. So now I'm wondering. <laughs> now I'm wondering, is Subway even serving sandwiches? Or are they serving hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> like what? What do we call this category? It's not a sandwich, but it's it's nestled. What do we call that? Yeah, it can't be called a hot dog. <laughs> it can't. But can a hot dog be called a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to say that one of my previous guests just a couple episodes ago asked me the question, and I'm going to pose this question to you because we're talking about food right now. Yeah, is Picture a swimming pool, no water, but it is full to the brim with M&M's. Chock full, uh-huh. packed with M&M's. Can you walk across that? Uh, yeah, they're dense. They're not, uh, they're not like liquid. I think they, they have enough, like, they're, they're, with their own weight, I think it's compact enough for them to create a sort of uh, a hard... Um, walking surface i don't know man they're 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 pretty slippery that's true right so i just think like with the surface area of a foot you'd step on it and i think you're going in yeah um there's this really cool dude on on youtube that does weird stuff in swimming pools like that i'm gonna send this his way (laughs) it's literally like dump trucks full of m&ms to fill a pool which would be cool to see in itself. Okay, Francisco, I got to wrap this up, man. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That, that is that's that, that is the end of the quickie podcast. I have to say that you probably have the most unique ask it forward question that has yet to be asked. And nice. honestly, I cannot wait to ask the next guest that question. <laughs> I can't wait to hear their answer. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking like, can I like change up who I'm asking this question to? Can I really target this question? <laughs> but I think I'm just going to let it roll and see what happens here. Oh, man, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right, everybody. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and spending time here. If you are digging what you're hearing on the Quickie Podcast here, please head over and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And if you want to learn more about print, I've got a free three-part video series going on over at Print Design Academy. Head over there, printdesignacademy.com. Sign up for that free video series. Catch you later.